Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. Coming up. These are the cases we wish we could have done something to prevent. And all we can do now is our absolute best to make sure that family sees justice. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. A 22-year-old woman from Livingston, California, was recently gunned down at her place of work. It happened around 9 o'clock last night. Gunshots ringing out through this O'Reilly's parking lot. A passing Turlock police officer actually heard the gunshots, the suspect leading police on a chase through town. A neighborhood on lockdown as the suspect jumped backyard fences. When I opened the door, there's cops everywhere, and they basically said, get inside, lock your doors and you can stay locked down until you hear from us. Police say the suspect, now behind bars, had been stalking the victim for months. My daughter's the same age as Zoe, so it sometimes it hits a little closer to home. There's nobody, you know, nobody should be living in fear for their safety or their life, and it's unfortunate that we're dealing with these type of situations. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com odyssey. I'm joined by Luke Clary, a reporter at ABC10 in Sacramento. Luke, thanks for being here with us. It's good to be here. So, Luke, tell us about this case in Turlock. This all happened back in early March, right? That's right. We got the information from the city of Turlock, the Turlock Police Department, that uh, on March 8th at around 9 o'clock, they received calls of a shooting in the area of Gear Road and Wayside Drive. And we later learned that that was an auto zone location. We actually got to, we really got into Turlock the next day, and we're trying to pick up the pieces of the investigation, uh, speak to witnesses to really kind of understand what had unfolded. And this is what we learned, is that um, officers responded to this auto zone to a shots fired call. In fact, an officer who was driving by heard the gunshots himself and so initiated a pursuit of a vehicle that was involved in that shooting. It was uh, described as a light-colored sedan driving through the city of Turlock and coming to a screeching halt in a residential neighborhood. They crashed into a fence at someone's home, and the driver, who was identified later as a 22-year-old by the name of Juan Francisco Tapia, fled on foot, sparking this massive local area search uh, over, you know, several blocks, police telling people to essentially shelter in place as they tried to find this suspect. Back at the AutoZone parking lot, um, officers responded to a 22-year-old 
who was found with multiple gunshot wounds. They tried life-saving measures, and the woman was transported to a local area hospital, but she succumbed to her injuries. We later learned that was 22-year-old Zobeda Esquera from nearby Livingston, California. Her family and friends called her Zoe, and again, she died from her injuries. I believe uh, there was some history between the two. There was some history. Uh, in fact, they worked together at an auto zone in Livingston. This is a town not far from Turlock, just one county over. They worked there over the summer, and we understand from the family that Ibarra Tapio hoped for a romantic relationship. Uh, they had been friends, but as he pushed the issue and, and tried to raise the level of their relationship, it really kind of fell apart. Zoe became scared of him. She actually left her job at the AutoZone in Livingston in part because of his presence there. And over the next several weeks and months, she reported him for stalking. Um, in fact, he'd been arrested in October of 2021 for stalking her. She was granted an emergency protective order, but that eventually expired. And then her family says that he began stalking her again, giving her panic attacks. It got so bad. So, Luke, let's go back to the day of the shooting. And we left it with he, he fled. There was a crash in a residential area and he fled on foot. But detectives, I believe they found a gun and caught up with him, right? Police asked neighbors to be on the lookout for any suspicious activity, any suspicious people in the area. They'd cordoned off several blocks, and it was it was quite a scary scene. Um, after several hours of searching for the suspect, finally, someone in the neighborhood looked out their window, saw him, and made the call. And police were able to make the arrest really without much incident. Police say that they were able to recover the suspected firearm used in the shooting. And what are the charges that he's now facing? So Baratapia has been arrested and faces charges of homicide, two counts of attempted homicide and evading arrest stemming from that mile and a half, two mile long chase. The two counts of attempted homicide come from the fact that he actually fired his weapon into the auto zone at um, employees there. Now, it's understood right now that, um, according to the family, Zoe was at the AutoZone parking lot waiting to pick up her current boyfriend, who apparently works at the AutoZone. Uh, that is when Ibarra Tapia came to that, that same parking lot and, and fired on her. It, it could have been worse had any other employees been hit by gunfire. Absolutely. And we spoke to some of the employees at the AutoZone. Uh, they were shaken up. The employee in, in question, the, the boyfriend, the current boyfriend, um, had not been in for a couple of days. And we've not been able to speak directly with, with him or do an on-camera interview with family members, although they did provide a statement just telling us a bit about Zoe. They, according to her sister, what a strong, independent woman she was who loved to be around her nieces and nephews and really hoped that one day she could have a big family of her own. They call her a noble person with a big heart who never thought about hurting anyone else. And I'll also tell you that 
speaking with police officers 24 hours after the shooting happened. They'd been out in the field for, again, for hours on end, um, you know, extending their double, triple shifts. Uh, you could just see the emotion welling up in their eyes as they described the, the details of their investigation. You know that this is one that hit hard. Um, Lieutenant Neil Cervenka with the Turlock Police Department said, you know, these are the cases that we really wish that they could have done something to prevent. And all that they can do now is their absolute best to try to make sure that the family sees justice. Luke, you've somewhat answered my question in terms of at least the response from authorities, but you just have to wonder in cases like this where here's a young woman who had gotten an emergency protective order, it expired, he starts stalking her again, and it leads up to this, just you just wish something could have been done. You do, and that's what the police said as well. I mean, according to them, Zoe did just about everything right. She kept records of every time that he would show up at her place of work or at her home or that she would find him lurking somewhere and, uh, you know, in her area. She got the emergency protective order, but that expires. And the next step may have been to get a more permanent protective order or restraining order, but that takes time to to work its way through the courts. So we've taken this opportunity as well to speak with victims, advocates who talk about some of the ways that you can protect yourself. You know, you'll, you may see someone who's engaged in stalking behavior, trying to figure out where you are uh, in really just an obsessive manner. Trying to find where you're at if you are with a new person or a new partner, um, where are you working, what are you doing for the weekend in an obsessive manner. Those are just some of the behaviors of a stalker, says Elizabeth Sanchez, who heads the Stockton Women's Center Youth and Family Services. So they say when you should seek help would be whenever you start to feel unsafe. You need to act and don't wait to make it, you know, until it gets worse or, or more serious. Everything is serious. Document everything that you can. Tell friends. Reach out to local groups. And if you believe that you're in danger, call police. The sad thing is, though, that based on our reporting, it sounds as though Zoe did just about everything right that she could have. And yet, when you have someone who's engaged in this sort of obsessive stalking behavior, it still may not be enough. And again, that is part of what makes this case just so heartbreaking to law enforcement officers, as well as, obviously, members of her family and the people that loved her in her life. Luke Clary at ABC 10 in Sacramento. Thank you for talking to us. We appreciate it. Thanks, Will. You've been listening to The Daily Crime, a podcast from Vault Studios. Be sure to check out our other podcasts, including Bardstown, The Officer's Wife, and our weekly show, True Crime Chronicles. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson.